We back. We back. We back. We back. Yo, peace and love. It's your boy DJ Almighty, man. A.K.A. Big Tone. A.K.A. Your baby mama's best friend. Yo, this is the wrap up officially to season two. And um, I've been with you guys now for a year and a month. I just want to say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm truly humbled by um, everything that I've been through with this podcast. Um, first and foremost, I want to shout out all the haters. Oh, yeah. We got to shout you out. Um, the haters make everything possible, man. I'm one of those guys who is very competitive. Um, I get motivated off hate. I get motivated off, you know, when um, when things in my past have you know, shape me as a human. So, you know, shout out to all the haters. Um, but then a big shout out to everybody that supported me. Um, family, friends, you know, shout out um, everybody that's been encouraging me the whole journey um, because this has been a journey. It has been um, very emotional, um, but it's also been very spiritual for me. It's been a growth process for me, and um, and I've enjoyed it, you know. So, like I said, man, thank you so much to everybody that's um, been tuning in, everybody that's been listening, um, and this has truly been a wonderful experience. And um, we're going to wrap this up, man, because um, we're going to get into season three. And so I purposely waited um, for season two, and I wanted to end it you know, talking about, I guess, a little bit more about who I am and where I'm from. Not the aspect of, you know, the city I'm from, um, but, you know, the upbringing, um, because I think that's so important for for that to be shown um, in my growth. Because when you see where I'm from, you see the trials and tribulations I've been through, you can understand why I'm so dedicated as a father and why it was so important for me to create this platform of single father point of view. Um, because more and more every day I see it, um, whether I'm watching the news, whether I'm talking to people in the community, whether I'm talking to family and friends, it is so important to have a voice um, that speaks for men, that speaks for all all men, white, black, Spanish, Asian, gay, um, straight, you know, Men who are fathers, um, we have different challenges. Men who are fathers that are present um, and that are stand-up men, you know, who have honor, um, it's hard, you know. And and I just wanted to create this platform, man, just to give people an opportunity to hear um, hear this dialogue coming from, you know, a black man in America. You know, and um, unapologetically a black man in America. You know, I can't I can't do anything about my skin color. Um, but what I can do is represent for my people and represent in a positive manner and represent in a positive atmosphere. So I think, um, you know, like I said, it was important for me to save this episode right here to end off season two. Um, so we're going to get right into it, man. So, you know, it's always the three topics. We're going to talk first about, um, you know, just that whole aspect of who I am and where I'm from. Like I said, you know, um, 
I come from the city called Chicago, but we're going to dive into a little bit about, you know, um, some of the stuff I've seen, you know. Um, and then we're going to talk about this place called Mary's Place. It's this transitional shelter in Minnesota. Um, very important part of my life. Talk about Lakeview High School. I went to Lakeview High School on the north side of Chicago. Um, I'm born and raised on the south side, but I had to, you know, go to the north side and take two buses and a train every day. And I saw a lot. Um, and then the summer before it all changed. The summer before it all changed. So that's the summer before all um, my life really changed and I went to college. And that's, you know, that that transition to season three for you. You feel me? So, man, sit back, man. Sit back and enjoy this this episode right here. You know, um, it's coming from the heart. Like I said, man, it's your boy DJ Almighty. So let's go. So Mary's Place. So, um, you know, born and raised in Chicago. Grew up on the south side. Um, grew up in Stateway Gardens Projects. And then also 61st and Vernon. Um, a block east of King Drive. Um, and then also on 83rd and Morgan, where my aunt um, Lenny used to live. Um, and that's around Foster Park area. So I grew up single mother. Um, we lived on 61st and Vernon. And I always went back and forth to my grandmother's house because me and my mom never really had that strong, strong relationship. Um, single mother, you know, worked, um, did the best that she could. But, you know, I always had a stronger relationship with my grandmother growing up. Um, and so I can only tell this story from my point of view. You know, I know my mom has her side, um, but I only can tell it from my point of view as a 13-year-old. Um, I, I went through a lot of changes. Um, and when my mother... Felt like she had an opportunity in a different state. We transitioned. So I graduated in Chicago in eighth grade from Andrew Carnegie um, Elementary School. That's on 63rd and Dorchester. And then I went to Marie Curie High School um, for a few months. Marie Curie High School is a phenomenal high school in Chicago. It's um, on the southwest side. Um, very diverse. Um, and this was like a, a high school that you had to have a major to go to. So my major was music. Um, my major was actually piano. I used to um, play classical piano from, I want to say, sixth grade to eighth grade. And, you know, Marie was, Curie was going to be a high school that was going to put me on a nice platform. And then it was a um, basketball powerhouse. So I was in a good spot, you know. Um, I was in a good spot because it was, like I said, so diverse. You had so many different type of people, um, different type of cultures, you know, and this school just was a powerhouse for everything. So I was happy. And my mom said, hey, you know, I got this opportunity to move to Minnesota. And, um, and you know, it was just me and her. So you don't have a choice. You know, I picked up, me and my mom moved. Um, and, you know, we, we wasn't homeless, but in a transitional aspect of, you know, I work with youth and, you know, there's different layers of homelessness. You know, there's the sleeping outside, 
there's the, you know, I have a shelter, there's the, I have family and friends, but that's still like, you know, I might be at this family house a month, I might be at this aunt house next month, I might be at my grandma house next month. That's couch surfing, you know, but you're still homeless. Um, so we were not homeless. We had a family to live with um, and shout them out. I'm not going to say their names, um, but, you know, we had a family to live with and we also kind of moved down there with another family. So we have three families now living under one roof. And, you know, you got three adults, um, a whole bunch of kids. And you got, you know, these three women under one house. And um, my mom wasn't working. And I can only speak for my mom. You know, um, I know she had different jobs that she was interviewing for and, and it just didn't work. And so um, we had eventually end up moving from this one family's home. And then we moved into this place called Mary's Place, right? So, so you got to understand me as a 13-year-old. Um, it's this wonderful place called Mary's Place. And I always told myself if I ever came up on some money, you know, that I can donate because I love um, giving back to the community with my time, you know, but I always told myself if I ever had an opportunity financially to give back, I will always make um, donations to Mary's Place and ironically, speaking of um, Lakeview High School, I always told myself I will always make a donation to Lakeview High School, man, because these places, you know, birthed me and uh, really, you know, made me who I am. So Mary's Place is in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and we moved there in the wintertime. I was a freshman um, and coming, born and raised in Chicago. Now we move into Minnesota, totally different atmosphere. Um, but then it was actually funny because a lot of Chicago people had moved to Minnesota as well. So now I was attending this high school called um, Cooper High School in New Hope, Minnesota. And I was taking a school bus and this high school was in the suburbs because I was living with that one family and their address was in that suburb, you know, close proximity wise. So I was still going to this high school. Um, in the suburbs, but living in this transitional shelter downtown Minnesota. So now when you say a transitional shelter, you'd be like, okay, what's that mean? A transitional shelter is a situation where um, we had a room, me and my mother. Um, it was like a studio apartment. You know, you had a curfew. You had to come in by like nine o'clock. Um, if you were going to be gone for a day or two, you had to let them know. You had rules. You know, you couldn't smoke in there. Um, you couldn't have guests. Um, but it was a safe spot. It was a warm spot. They gave you everything you needed. Um, and like I said, man, I love the opportunity that we had our own space. But at the same time, you got to think I'm a 14-year-old and we just uprooted from this nice apartment in Chicago. Um, now we're living in a studio room, me and my mother, and I'm 14, you know, and our conversation wasn't the best. Um, our dialogue wasn't the best. Um, so, you know, I didn't have that conversation with her where she was able to explain to me the different levels of what she was going through, right? You know what I mean? She wasn't able to communicate effectively the trials and tribulations that were going on in her life in a way that that wouldn't burden me, but also that that kept me informed. You know, I wasn't informed. So if you have a youth that's not informed, 
they're only left to assume whatever, you know, and, and that's what I tell you as a, as a father, you know, not saying you have to tell your child everything you're going through or every aspect of your pain, but I think it's important for your child to see the human part of you, you know, because if your child doesn't know um, what you're going through, then they don't know how to help also, you know, and be that emotional support as well, you know, and um, and that's real, man, because we never had those conversations. I can honestly tell you that, you know, and it's not her fault, man. Like she had so much on her plate. She was going through so much. Lord knows, you know, how she felt inside. Um, and, and it was just one of them scary situations, man, because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen next. You, you know, at this place, Mary's place, you had a 30 day lease and, you know, based on, you know, your behavior. Um, and if you followed all the rules, you, you, you can get extensions. But at the end of the day, it was just like paranoid to think like, man, I'm in this transitional shelter. Uh, we can get kicked out. And then if we get kicked out, what, we're going to be on the street, you know? So it was just so scary for me. Um, and I'll never forget, um, like I said, I went to Cooper High School. So on Saturdays at Mary's Place, you can get these um, donuts, right? They would get donuts donated from, you know, one of these bakeries. Um, you get donuts, um, bagels, you know, different breads and stuff like that. And every Saturday, you're just looking forward to that. Um, and this particular Saturday, I was going downstairs to get my donuts you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'm about to get this, 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 and this. I'm thinking about it. I've been waiting all week for him. And um, as I'm going downstairs, I see my high school there volunteering. And my heart dropped. You know, I saw some people that I, I knew. And I'm like, damn, did they see me? You know, I'm here living at Mary's place at this transitional shelter. But in high school, you know, people think I'm cool. But... They don't know that I'm homeless, you know, um, and it was so devastating for me as a 14-year-old to be living in Mary's place and to see my high school volunteering there. Um, and I ran upstairs and I was crying to my mother, you know, and I had so much anger towards her, um, you know, because I'm like, man, you got me out here, you know, in Minnesota. We in a transitional shelter. You know, we had a nice this in Chicago. We could have lived anywhere in Chicago. You got us out here in Mary's place in one room, in a one room, um, you know, situation living here. You know, my school downstairs volunteered. I'm just, you know, I'm just crying, man. And I'm just hurt. I'm just heartbroken. And, you know, I know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Um, I know my mother was hurt. You know, I know she was hurting for me. Um, and, you know, there's nothing that she could have said at that moment that would have, you know, changed the way I felt. But as a father, as a single father that's doing everything solo, you know, on my 50 percent end. Um, and my mother did it 100 percent. You know, and and just thinking about that, man, it just makes me even more emotional to think that my mother did it a hundred percent of the time by herself. You know, and um, and I know she was hurting inside. 
And, you know, I just want to let you know that as a, as a parent, man, um, it's okay to let your child see the human side. You know, like I said, man, it, you know, never tell them everything that you're going through, but it's okay, man, to show them the human side, to let them know, like, like this wasn't the best move. You know, we're going to make some changes, but I, I don't really remember those conversations. You know, um, I just remember not knowing what's the next move. And um, I never want to put my child in that situation where I'm not telling her what's next. I want her to know, um, you know, but do it in a way that she's not worried, um, but do it in a way that she can feel at ease. And, you know, I never felt at ease living at Mary's place. And I can I mean, I can't even imagine the stress my mother was going through, through you know, and I give her kudos, man, for um, for staying strong and holding us down, man. She never folded. You know, um, she never gave in. She never, you know, brought men around. You know, I never had an uncle um, in my life like that to, you know, try to take care of me type stuff. You know, so, man, I just give my mom kudos for that. Um, and it was definitely one of them times in life, man, that really molded me and humbled me and made me realize that I always got to give back, man, because if I didn't have Mary's place, there's no telling where I would be. There's no telling um, what would have happened, you know. And like I said, man, you know, I don't know if Mary's place still exists, but if it does, man, I love you. Um, and, you know, I will be doing whatever I can to send something your way, you know, um, to that to that shelter, um, because this is something, you know, you guys you guys saved us, man. And um, shout out to Minnesota, man, because um, it was a different place. But, you know, it also helped mold me and humble me because I was going to Cooper High School, like I said, man, and that was in the suburbs. So it was like, to me, it looked like 90210, you know what I mean? Because I come from the hood and, and this was different. And, and I needed that experience because it helped mold me um, for the future and it helped get me to where I needed to be, where I can understand diversity and have to be comfortable in it, you know. Um, so shout out Cooper High School, you know, shout out Minnesota, man. Um, then we're going to go right into Lakeview High School. So now when we move back um, to Chicago, my freshman year still, because it just didn't work out in Minnesota, we moved back to Chicago, still my freshman year. Um, and I had three aunts that lived on the north side. So everybody always want to know, like, man, you from out south. Why are you going to school on the north side? Well, I went to school on the north side because when I moved back, I had three aunts who lived on the north side. So... You know, thinking, okay, we got to use that address and not really understanding, you know, the, the schools and stuff because we coming from out of town. My mom was like, yo, you know, we just going to use this address over here and then you're going to go to Lakeview, you know, and, and I'm from out south. So I don't know nothing about Lakeview. I'm just thinking, all right, you know, it's the north side. <laughs> I, I know it's, you know, different up there, but cool, whatever. And so, um, you know, we transfer in. And it's a huge high school, um, 4015 North Ashland, um, you know, a couple of blocks from Wrigley Field. And so, you know, I'm just thinking, man, it's going to be sweet. You know what I mean? Um, I get there the first day, you know, my, my first day of transferring in, my first day of school, man. I see a dude getting beat up on the lockers. Like, I'm talking about like three Spanish dudes beating up three 
No, three Spanish dudes beating up one Spanish dude on a locker. I'm like, yo. And then remember, like I said, I went to Cary. So Cary was a huge high school, and they had Mexicans there too, Puerto Ricans, um, blacks, like anything. You know, but um, it was a huge high school. And at Cary, you know what I'm saying, you know, you, you was affiliated a little bit. You know what I mean? When you affiliated, that means you, you plugged in a little bit with, you know, some street organization. So I was good at Cary because... At that time, I was plugged in, but then now I moved away, and then I'm coming back. And then Lakeview, I ain't trying to let anybody know what I am or what I was, you know, representing at that time like that or affiliated with. So it's just like you really, you you walking on eggshells. I get there the first date, it's popping, and I see another fight popping off. I'm like, yo, where the hell am I at? I'm in the danger zone over here, yo. And you know, it took me a, it took me a while to get comfortable um, because. Um, you know, I was just, I had already, this is my third high school in one year of high school. I had transferred to three high schools my freshman year. Yes. You know, so I was a little shell shocked, man. And, um, I just wanted to finish freshman year and get it over with, you know, um, and I, I finished freshman year. And so sophomore year in, in Curie is when I became more comfortable. Um, I started playing basketball, um, you know, I started be becoming more open. I had friends, but I still was living in the projects. And now I'm living in the projects with my grandmother, but I still had this north side address. So people thinking I live on the north side, but I'm still living in the projects on 35th and state with my grandmother. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm living in the projects being shot at by why everybody else on the north side having a nice little life, you know what I mean, where you ain't going through gang banging, you ain't going through 30 dudes on the corner. I had to still go through this. So I'm living two lives, you know, so people not knowing the stuff I'm, I have to go through just to get to high school. I had to travel through two buses and a train, sometimes two trains and two buses just to get to high school, man. You know, like when, when when people lived up north and they went to Lakeview, they just had one bus or, you know what I mean, some of the kids that, you know, shout out all my people out there from the west side of Chicago, you know, they only had to take one bus. I'm out here taking two buses, two two trains just to get to high school every single day. And nobody knew that, you know what I mean? Um, and I played basketball, so I had to, you know, leave early to go to basketball practice in the morning. Then I'm getting home late because I'm coming from basketball practice. But the one thing I said about Lakeview, man, is that Lakeview was an art high school. So you had to appreciate art to go there. And it was so it was so dope because you had so many different type of people. You had the gangbangers, you had the the backpackers, you had the art people, you had the, you know, the grunge people. You had so many different type of people that by me already going to Marie Curie and then Going to Cooper High School in Minnesota, I was so comfortable in this diverse atmosphere here at Lakeview High School now. It had got me prepared. You know, I wasn't shell-shocked. Um, but the first day of school, I was kind of shocked because I'm like, yo, two fights in one day? I ain't never really seen that. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, um, getting beat up like that. Like, they, they was they was crushing homeboy. Um, but... You know, Lakeview, man, it was a different atmosphere, man, and I needed that um, because it, it helped mold me. Um, you know, 
having Mexican friends, having Puerto Rican friends, having white friends. Um, you need to have that experience sometimes in, in, in life, you know, and and I wish at times that I went to, you know, Dunbar High School or Morgan Park High School or, you know, um, Julian High School. Um, but then I don't know if I could have been the best me because by being in that diverse situation, it helped mold me to the next level of my life, which was the college life, which was the college years where I lived on a farm. And we're going to get to that in season three, baby. Hold tight. You know what I mean? But I lived on a farm. You know what I mean? And and I don't know if I would have went to Dunbar, Morgan Park, or Julian, if I would have been able to transition from those all-black high schools to a farm in Kansas. But by me going to two different, three different diverse high schools, it prepped me to be able to live on a farm and then to go to another, you know, country town. And just to live in these different atmospheres, man. And my grandmother told me in high school, she said, man, Lakeview is going to get you ready for the world. And you never understand that at 15, 16. But she wasn't lying, man. Because Lakeview got me ready for the world. It got me ready to be um, comfortable speaking in front of anybody. Because I know that, you know, I can code switch. I can talk like this over here. But then when it's professional business time, I can, you know, code switch and talk like that. And, and still be comfortable within my own self, you know? So it was so important to have that experience um, of Lakeview High School, man. And, you know, um, shout out everybody out there from the North Side too, man. You know, um, because everybody I went to high school with, the backpack rappers, the, the, the graffiti artists, the taggers, um, you know, the breakers, all those people helped mold me. All those people put influence in my life all those people um, help ignite, you know, the best Antonio that I could be, you know, and I and I appreciate everybody that I went to high school with, um, all my friends, you know, that I'm still tight with to this day. You know, like I said, I don't say names, um, but everybody that, you know, I'm cool with, man, and everybody that, you know, I rock with, you know, I still support them and they still support me. You know, real, real friendship, real brotherhood. Um, you know, and it's just one of them things where I needed to have that experience to, to understand my life. Right. So shout out Lakeview. And like I said, man, if I ever get a few dollars, you know, I'm going to definitely donate some bread over there. Um, so we're going to transition going right into, um, the summer before, you know, college. So this episode will be a little extended. You know, if you see episode, um, Season one, the last episode is a little bit more extended because I, I do go a little bit longer for this last one just because it's the closing. Um, but, you know, just a few minutes over, I ain't going to hold you. You know, I like to keep you in and out. Um, but the summer before I went to college was very important in my life um, because I definitely. I definitely went through a lot of ups and downs that summer. Um, I was playing basketball. I was playing AAU basketball. I was traveling a lot. Um, I was changing from, you know, a teenager to becoming a young man. And, um, you know, going to college, not having that, that, um, that real understanding of what I was about to get into 
that summer before college, man, you really got to talk to your kids. You really got to talk to your kids, man. You really got to get them ready and prep them for what's about to happen because when they're in college, they're on their own. They have to make these choices and decisions by themselves. They have to get up. They have to, you know, eat right. They have to um, take care of their their body inside and out, you know. And if you don't prep them and if you don't get them ready, man, they're going to fall. And you're going to have to be right there to pick them up. So it's not that your child is going to fail, but it's just that if they're going to fail, you want to at least help them understand some of the reasons why it might happen. And then if they do fail, walk them through some of the ways that they can navigate through some of these things, right? Um, You know, so with that being said, you know, the summer before college, I got the biggest lessons from my barber, you know, um, the dude that cut my hair, the barber, man, like the homeboy was from Florida and and I don't remember his name. I apologize, man. He was a, a dread, you know what I mean? Um, a dark-skinned football playing dude that had dreads. And he was one of the coolest brothers I ever met in my life. You know, um, I would just go to him to get to get haircuts and lineups just to get the conversation, man, because he was an athlete in college. And he gave me the blueprint. He told me what to look out for. He told me, you know... Um, what to expect, what I was going to see, you know, and and the summer before college, man, all I did was travel and play basketball. So I wasn't even really at home that summer before college, you know, so I didn't even have that that type of um, parental, you know, guidance. I was just traveling, playing ball, you know, and um, and I was already hitting the road, you know, doing adult things, making adult choices. And thank God that my mom had prepped me for, you know, life in that aspect to, you know, still stay on the right path and not fall off. But I know I can say honestly that that summer before college, man, we didn't have, me and my mother, we didn't have those conversations about the do's and don'ts. We didn't have those conversations about, you know, um, some of the expectations that, you know, I need to have. It was just, you know, you better not come home with a girl pregnant. You better not come home, you know, um, from drugs. You know, like those hardcore nailing in your head type things. But, you know, having these conversations about, okay, we're going to do these things. I want, I expect these things from you. You know, just some of those bonding moments, I didn't really have that. And I think that's really important that, you know, as parents, you bond with your child this summer before they go off to college. Um, I think that you spend time and quality time and quality um, sharing moments with that child so they can know that they have that support from you if they need you. Um, And I think it's so essential that you spend that quality time and just let them know with so much love that you, you know, you always are going to be there for them because it was so many times um, in college where I didn't know if I can call my mom with an open, honest heart and she wouldn't judge me or curse me out. You know, and you never want your kids to feel like they can't call you whether it's right or wrong, you know. Um, and and it's one of those things where, you know, my mother, 
didn't have a blueprint either. You know, so she only could be the best parent that she could have been. Um, and she was a working mom the summer before I went off. But, you know, I just wish that we could have spent more time with each other. Um, I wish we could have bonded more because, you know, when I went off to college, man, I was gone for five years. Literally, like I was gone for five years. The only time I really came home was in the summer. And that was only for like a month, a month and a half. So for five years, I was out. And then I played ball, you know, right around three years in college. And so those last two years, I lived at Eastern and I had my own spot. So I never came home, you know. So I think if, um, you know, I don't know, but I just kind of think if we would have bonded a little bit more before I went off um, my freshman year in college, I think that could have, you know, gave us a jump start on our um, relationship more. So I just really want, you know, the parents, if you got kids that are going off to college or if you already got them in college, man, build that relationship with them, build that bond with them um, because they they need you. Don't ever think because, oh, well, they out my house, you know, they on their own, man. They they need you. They they always need you because that first, that first year of college, man, I didn't know if I was going to make it. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, um, flunk out drop out, whatever, man. I mean, and and that that first year of playing collegiate basketball, I saw so many people fall off. It was amazing. And we're going to get into that in season three, and it's coming to you real soon. But it was just like, yo, um, I, needed, I needed my mom. You know, I needed her support even at 18, just, um, you know, being a freshman. Like, you know, you, you're a big man on campus. Like, nah, man. Your kid is 18. They still they still a baby. They still need you. Um, you know, and I was 6'6", six, six, and I'm, you know, dunking on people, but I was still, you know, a baby inside. And um, and I needed my mom, and, and I didn't know if I could call on her at different times. Um, you know, so I just challenge you, man, to, um, you know, always be there for your kids, man. Always... Make your kids know that no matter what, right or wrong, you always have their back. That's what I just want to, you know, end this off with. And, you know, like I always say, man, my mom, um, you know, she raised a man. And she did the best that she could by herself as a teenage mom. And, you know, I hope um, season two gave you insight about relationships, um, gave you an insight about you know, just being strong, man. We got to continue to be strong. We got to continue to, you know, keep your head up. Um, and, you know, I'm done talking about relationships. I'm done talking about marriage. You know, um, season three going to strictly be about, you know, the colleges. We're going to do two seasons with that. So season three is going to be about um, this story from Kansas. And that season is going to be, um, you know, layered with a story that's very deep and close to my heart. And then season four is also going to be about a different story at Southeast Oklahoma State University that almost um, sent me to prison for a long, long time. You know what I mean? So I want to say again, thank you to all of my supporters, all my family. Um, I'm going to be here for you, man. 
You know, you can reach me at Tony Evan seventeen forty eight on Instagram. Um, I want to shout out Spotify, um, iTunes. You know, um, Anchor FM. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Um, go to my Instagram page. Hit me up in my DM. Shout out to everybody that hit me up in the DM and showing me love. Um, and we're going to keep it rocking, man. I'm your boy, DJ Almighty, and I'm here to support you. Single father point of view, man. Season three is coming very, very soon. I'm out.